Hey, it's Joe Girard with the Sales Hero Podcast, where you're going to learn some cool stuff about psychology, influence, neuroscience, building those systems and best practices, and also crafting that bulletproof mindset. And you can also find me on my blog at joegirard.ca and at saleshero.academy.com. Now today, we're going to be talking about how to make your sales calls more fun, how to get the right mindset and energy around the stuff that you're doing that supports the technical stuff that we talked about on sales pre-call planning. It's also a blog post, so you can check out that link as well for more content. Keep in mind that this is always about making things simple, having fun, and getting back to just helping more people buy from you. And I'm really excited. You know, it's awesome that you're here and willing to do the hard work on improving yourself to make an impact for others. So let's get started. All right, let's get the energy up today. We're going to be talking about making sales calls fun and having the right energy and mindset. Last time we talked about some pre-call planning and some technical things, and today I really wanted to help you guys um, understand how to, you know, the secret sauce of how to make an effective sales call. And really, not just sales calls, but any conversation that you're having in general, anything that you're trying to do, even to influence people. It, it comes down to your ability to be authentic, to have that right energy, to have the right mindset coupled with your ability to do all the other technical stuff. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And the big thing is, you know, how often do you put off making those calls because you kind of like, you know that you're going to be weird or you know it's not going to be fun. And so you resist that, that, you know, there's that call reluctance that we get. And if you already start with that mindset, that mindset of call reluctance, you're already lost. You've already failed. So what we're going to talk about today is these few factors, a couple things you can do to, you know, set those intentions and work yourself through a call that has the biggest impact for your customers as possible. Now, Typically, when people ask me about about sales, often there's this, you know, um, there's two camps on should I have a sales script or not. And I remember years ago, uh, I had a sales manager and a VP, and he just said, you know, we don't use sales scripts. We got rid of sales scripts because we don't believe in them. And so we worked really hard to not have sales scripts. But at the same time is we had to figure out, well, what are we supposed to do? And so sales scripts and no sales scripts, there's pros and cons for both sides. With a sales script, at least you have something that you can follow, a flow of ideas. You know, you don't have to kind of think or invent what to do next. You follow this script. But at the same time, the, the cons of that is that often it's not normal. You don't sound like a human. Sometimes we sound robotic and we all know that conversations don't normally follow a script. So if it goes off script, you're kind of screwed. So, and, and through that, you can't even be authentic. And then on the other side is you've got no sales script. We're like, you know, let's be really, real authentic. The pros of that is you can have your own style. You can be more natural. You have the freedom to be you. But the cons to that is now you're winging it and it takes a long time for you to be able to be really good at not having a sales script. And so calls can get out of control and very quickly you can try, you know, you end up rating yourself on either good or bad. And so what I look at is is how to build a framework for your call. Something that is not scripted, but follows a process where you can actually be um, be more unique, you can follow a flow, and you can actually get results, and you can then measure your effectiveness. And so the last call we did, or the last post we did, was all about those, you know, the pre-call planning that you can do to sort of set the technical stuff. And today we're going to talk about how to get your mind in the right place. And those two things combined together is what, um, those are the things that are going to make you much more effective. And so, you know, the, the cool thing about frameworks is that when you have these frameworks, it allows you to be much more specific on what worked and what didn't. So, you know, when I used to manage my sales teams and now with the, the clients that I coach, 
they would say, you know, well, I, well, I would say, you know, let, let me do this sales call and you listen and we'll compare afterwards. And so I do the sales call and say, how did it go? And they say, oh, that was awesome because they're brand new. They don't know any better. <laughs> and, uh, and when we look at it, I would say, well, it was good. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good call. It went well. But here are the three things that I missed. I missed, you know, there was this part where I interrupted. And then this part was kind of awkward and it didn't have the right flow. And then when they asked, when I asked them that question, they gave me that answer. I missed this piece that I could have asked a deeper question on. And so by being able to dig in on the specific areas of your calls, this is what's going to give you that, that competitive advantage, that edge over anybody else. And so let's talk for a second about the pre-call planning side. There was four areas that we talked about is the first thing you want to do is research. Understand your markets before you even talk to them. Know what kind of problems and conversations are going to happen before you have to have them. So get yourself set up. The next one is build the insights around you know, the big idea that you're going to share with your customer to make them go, hmm, that's interesting. The third one is develop these great questions that you're going to ask so that you can help them frame the problem more effectively. And then when you're asking for commitment, you're going to have multiple commitment objectives. So those four things technically will help you set your call up the right way. But today I want to go through, you know, how to actually make this fun and really focus on helping your customer, helping them do things. And when you rock out, when you rock out these calls this way, you know, by being prepared, having the right mindset, having the right energy, it absolutely will transform the way that you sell. And the big thing is that you should be so excited to pick up the phone or walk into a meeting and know that you have absolute control over the outcome. And if you feel uncomfortable or you're not sure, then you go back and you review this stuff and say, what was the area that I missed? So sales tip number one for the, for this is have the right energy. And having the right energy is, you know, you got to set those intentions before you go into that call. How do I want to be perceived? What do I want to do? You know, like what you know, I got to eliminate these distractions. I don't want to be overwhelmed by a bunch of other stuff. I want to be absolutely focused on the person in front of me and be excited to talk to them. And I also, out of the gates, we have to have that authenticity. And, and when I talk about energy, I'm not talking about this like weird energy of like, you know, being like super excited and salesy. We're like, hey, how are you? If that's not your normal energy, I'm talking about being as natural and human as possible with the right energy when somebody goes, wow that's somebody I should be talking to and they're attractive to me because of their energy and I, I want to do business. And by having that energy, you actually get to control the conversation much faster than if you didn't. And the questions and the kinds of things they're going to ask you will slow down and give you control over your call. So that's the first thing is have that right energy. The second thing you can do, the sales tip number two, is be genuinely curious and dig deeper. Um, when we talk about questions, one thing that I end up seeing or hearing on calls is that people say, great, I'm going to ask all these questions. So they write out this list of questions and all of a sudden I can hear them almost scripted. That they say, okay, well, how long have you been thinking about doing that? Okay, what makes you interested in doing this? Oh, okay, well, what plans do you have to move this forward? And they just start going through the questions without actually almost like giving, you know, uh, giving a care for what their customers actually want to tell them. So the key to questions is to like, before you ask any questions, Get yourself in this mindset of being absolutely insatiably curious about the person on the other end of the phone. And when you ask that question, you have to wait. And whatever they tell you, now you should be taking notes. You should be writing down something that you can pick up on 
that then you can ask a deeper question on that thing they tell you. And there's a term called confabulation in psychology, which is our natural tendency to answer somebody's questions with what we think are called societal norms. And so if if you ask a question to somebody, most likely they're going to give you an answer that is the safest for the level of relationship you are. And if you don't know them very well, they're going to give you a safe answer. So the fact that you pick up on something else and dig deeper to get to what I call a level two question is the first step. But then when they tell you things at that level two, take more notes and try and get to that level three. That's the real answer. Once you start to dig in and find out the implications and what happens if we do this and what happens if we don't do this and who else is involved and you start going into those questions, now they start to frame the problem in a different way. And once they start to frame it differently, it's going when you present your solution or your idea or your offer, it's going to have more impact. So make sure you ask those deeper questions. The sales tip number three is resist the urge to solve and give the right insight at the right time. Now, I've talked about this many, many times is where you're selling and it feels like uh, when I listen to calls, you know that, that skipping rope game, Double Dutch, where there's like the two people sk- uh, with the ropes and the person's waiting for their turn to like jump in. That's what it sounds like so often when I hear sales calls is that it's that sales rep or you're presenting your offer, you're networking, you're just waiting for your turn to jump in and say all your stuff. So that's the thing is don't just wait for your turn to pitch and just say the same thing to everybody. What you're looking for is that when you're asking those questions and tip number two, you're looking for those aha moments. You're looking for, ah, they're starting to get it so that when you present your information, it's going to have the highest impact as possible. Because if you present too soon or the wrong information, it may miss the mark and you decrease the chance of them doing business with you. So what you want to do is make sure that whatever offer you give, the big idea that you give, actually gets them to go, hmm. And that's why you got to resist that urge to jump in and give it because the thing you're going to give has to impact them. Sales tip number four is learn to connect with anyone. I remember, you know, years ago, I was doing, um, you know, you do those personality tests where you, you know, you figure out like I'm an ENFP or what color is your parachute or like I'm orange, I'm green, I'm, I'm a wolf, I'm a lion, I'm a dog, whatever, whatever it is. And then we kind of get pigeonholed into this corner where, you know, well, that's just how I am, right? I'm a, I'm a cancer. So this is how I'm going to behave. But the thing I learned is that a lot of people drove me crazy. And so uh, from a personality standpoint, you know, maybe I'm on the cusp of one or the other. So that means I only naturally connect with 25 to 50% of the population. And that, and then that's just like how it works. So in, or if I'm going to be in sales or if I'm going to be in a position where I need to influence somebody, I need to get good at understanding those people that, that I don't understand. And I remember a quote that I had on my office wall was, what irritates us most about others can lead us to a better understanding of ourselves. And I found that, you know, maybe it's just me, but there's a lot of people just annoy me. They don't do the same things I would do. They don't make the same decisions. They don't act. They don't connect. Maybe they're, you know, they're, they just think differently. And that's not their fault. That's just how they are. And so for me to be effective, I had to learn how to connect and build rapport with absolutely anybody. So when we learn about others, we start to actually create this opportunity. So the real winners, the real sales heroes are the ones that can actually go and say, I can create rapport with anybody, no matter what their background, what their history, what their cultural issues, their race, whether they're, you know, they're black, white, male, female, kids, adults, different generation gaps. How can I connect with people that I don't fully understand? 
And if you don't know how to connect with them, find somebody that's good at working with a specific group and ask questions, observe them, ask for feedback, just get in there and say, you know, I want to get better at this. Cause I've seen companies that were, you know, they weren't even that strong of companies, but because they connected really well with one specific group, they were able to come out of the gates absolutely flying. And so we've had some competitors that came out of nowhere. We're like, ah, and then we had to learn how to connect with these other groups. So really just observe and ask questions. Tip number five, you know, we're making these things fun is, is it the way that you ask for commitment and how you ask for commitment is if you've ever been nervous asking somebody to take action on something or commit to something, then you need to really think about, you know, this nervousness feeling and how other people can sense your nervousness. That comes back to that, you know, being a sales weirdo or not being authentic or that, you know, subconscious communication that we've been talking about. When you're gaining commitment, when you're getting somebody to take action, it's not about closing them. Nobody wants to be closed, but rather it's this natural evolution of a good sales conversation. If, if you've done your job well, if you've asked great questions, if you've provided insights that resonate and you got them to go, hmm, that's really interesting. You know, I wasn't thinking about it like that. Then you help them move forward to the next step. And there's a big difference between asking for commitment and stating the commitment. It's a question mark or an exclamation mark. And here's what I mean is I hear people asking for commitment like this. Well, is, is it okay? Like, could we set up an appointment or would you be able to, or what does your schedule look like? Let me know if you can do this or do you have free time? And it's really weak and it feels awkward. And the other person's trying to like, you know, almost taking pity on them. And it just demonstrates that you're not confident that we should be moving forward. And that the conversation is this point of weakness and that other person's in control. What you should be doing is that if you have asked those questions, provided those insights, and you feel absolutely confident that they should take action, you should be saying something like, well, this is great. This is awesome. The next step we're going to do is we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And then we're going to look at this. And this is how it's going to go. So I have some time you know, tomorrow at this time. Can you make that? Or how about Friday at this time? And then they say, okay, uh, I can't do that. I got to check my schedule. I'm not quite ready. And then you ask, remember we talked about multiple commitment objectives. You say, okay, great. If you can't do that, check your schedule. And then we're going to do this. And then call me back by Monday. And if I don't hear from you Monday, we'll talk Tuesday. That's not being pushy. That's just gaining commitment. And if you've missed something, then they're going to tell you. But if you're constantly asking for permission to move forward, you're in a position of weakness and it really isn't a sales job. You're just an order taker. So you got to ask yourself, am I asking commitment the right way at the right time? And so, you know, you got, you got to understand those commitment objectives. You got to understand how to, how to state commitment versus asking for it. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, and this isn't on the blog post. So you get to, you get to hear this only here on this magical podcast. Uh, years ago when I was, when I first started my career, um, in education and we, our job was to get students into school and it's very much sales. And so I remember we opened up a campus up, uh, Northern British Columbia here in Canada called Prince George. And, uh, I started out and we didn't have anything, man. Like we, I showed up, it was an empty office. I had to get tables and chairs and I had, I didn't have a computer. So I was selling the dream. I would take people down to this, um, this room and I'd say, picture this, we're going to have computers and tables. And I had to sell this whole vision and it was wonderful. We had uh, something like a hundred leads in our first week and I had about 40 appointments in my first week. And at the end of that week, you know, my boss, my, my district manager, he called me and said, oh, okay, let's talk about how it goes. You know, you guys are doing all, you got all these leads. How many registrations, how many customers do we get? And I said, well, zero. And he said, what do you mean zero? And I said, well, you know, I've had these 40 appointments, but nobody's led to a customer yet. 
And he said, well, that, that kind of sucks. And, and it kind of underlying mo- motive was uh, your job's on the line. And so he said, let's go through it. And so we went through and he, everything I was telling him made sense. He's like, oh, you're doing good there. That's good there. And he said, no, tell me what you say at the end. And I said, well, I tell them, you know, um, I'm really excited that you're excited. So why don't you go home and think about it and let me know when you're ready. And he said, well, why are you doing that? Like, are you not asking them to take the next step and like, you know, pay your registration fee and then, then come to school? And I said, well, no, I'm just letting them go home. I don't want to like push them. And he said, well, you got to understand is you know the process. They don't know the process. All you have to say is your next step is this. Rather than saying, let me know when you're ready, just tell them what to do. So I, I said, cool, I'll try that. So I went and I called everybody else. And then that month we had 50 new customers. Like like uh, like a crazy amount. We just kicked out the gates, coming blazing. And all we had to do is say, hey, your next step is we're going to do this registration fee. We're going to do paperwork. We're going to do funding. We'll get all this stuff moving forward. And they said, oh, okay. Because I'm the expert. So in your business, I think I've talked about this before, is how many times have you done the thing that you do versus how many times has your customer done it? Who's the expert? You're the expert. So you got to take control of that process and tell them what to do next. Now, the last tip here, sales tip number six, is getting into that conversational flow. And the way I explain this is if you've ever been walking down a street and somebody's walking towards you and you do that kind of like weird dance where... You go to the right and they also go to the same side and then you go to the other side and they go to that side and you're like, oh, sorry. Oh, oops. Okay. No, you go. No, you go. And it's weird, right? It's like, it's, and you go, oh, haha, and you laugh it off and you walk on. When I listen to sales call or I watch people interacting with others, it's, I see that happen all the time. These like weird pauses and interruptions, these awkward kind of like eye contact and people just feel weird. And when you get into a real sales flow, it just, it becomes more natural, right? You don't have these awkward pauses and interruptions. You slow things down and you also gain control over what you're talking about. And so ultimately what you're looking for is just two humans talking. Just like the same as if you're sitting on my couch and we're talking about something, it should sound the same like that as it does in your sales call or in your meetings. And so, and we also talked uh, one time about the, the fluency effect and being able to speak to people like as if you were speaking to a 13 year old, would they be able to understand it? The less you have to get people to try and figure out what you're saying, the more connection you create and the less friction you make in your process. So speak in language that people can understand because if they don't understand half the stuff you're saying, how do you expect that things are going to go forward in the right way. And so you just want to get people on the same page and not be that salesy weirdo that we've talked about. And really all of this comes down to your ability to observe yourself, to be able to step back and be objective. This isn't a judgment piece, but this is you saying, you know what? I know I can get better. I have a, I have a, a framework that I use and nobody ever scores a perfect score on it. I never do. Nobody ever does because there's no perfect call. There's no perfect process. Everything has a different flow. And you just have to be willing to work on each step at a time. And so remember, it's just, it just hinges, all of this just hinges on your ability to connect with other people and do meaningful work, help them solve problems, be that sales hero for them. So my goal here is just to help you forget about scripts, 
use this framework and intelligently move the conversations forward in a way that makes sense, right? And your energy and your ability to be curious and that confidence is going to do more for you than anything else. And you just got to put this stuff to the test and be willing to sort of suspend any disbelief. And, uh, you know, that's really what we're talking about today. So go into these calls, have that right mindset, be curious and help people solve problems and you will see your sales explode. So that's it for today's podcast. You know, remember to like and share this stuff, share this with your friend, you know, go back and re-listen to this. We've got lots of stuff going on. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. You know, whether you're just starting out or you have decades of experience, it's conversations exactly like these that can help you get an edge today and in the long term. You can also find me on my blog at joegerard.ca and saleshero.academy.com. Make sure you share this with your friends and colleagues as well. You know, selling is heroic because nothing happens in a business unless people buy from you. This is why I want to help you just simplify, have fun, and grow. Let's not only talk about these ideas, but take action and do our best work together. When you invest in yourself and just continuously learn how to sell the right way, you are a hero for your customers and for yourself. So join me next time for another episode of the Sales Hero Podcast.